I heard a story about a gentleman who sort of, you know, was used to burgers and chips and all that kind of stuff. And he goes into this five-star fine dining restaurant with his wife. His wife had sort of, you know, dragged him there after two months of pleading. Finally, he gave in. And so he goes to this five-star Novelle Cuisine kind of restaurant. And there were little tiny potato chips cut into uh, little fish. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you gaze at your plate and go, wow, do I have to eat it? But uh, he said, well, you know, they, they potato chips, so I need tomato sauce. And so his wife says, no, you will not ask for tomato sauce. And he said, but it's chips. I need tomato sauce. So eventually, sort of after his wife sort of ducking under the table and pretending that she wasn't there, her husband put up his hand and said, excuse me, waiter, waiter, please come here. And so the waiter came and said, is there anything wrong with your meal? He says, no, there's nothing wrong, but I'd love some tomato sauce. And apparently he turned away disdainful, said, okay, sir. And he walked, walked down to the kitchen to go and get tomato sauce. Now I'm sure that, you know, it wasn't a regular occurrence. And he comes back with this tiny little little tiny bowl of, of tomato sauce. You know, you know those. It's like the one where you can get one teaspoonful and that's all that you can get. And so they came and they put it down on, on his uh, table and he looks at this and he looks around and he goes, looks at the waiter and he picks it up and he tastes it and goes, ooh, that was nice. I'll have the bottle, please. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about the spirit. We've journeyed a couple of weeks talking about water and the water theme that is flowing through the whole of John. Today is Palm Sunday and you might be going, but why aren't we doing the Palm Sunday? I've come for the Palm Sunday. Um, Sorry, you're not going to get it. Uh, But one thing that I do realize is that, you know, Jesus isn't here. Jesus ascended into heaven and he will come again. But there is a part of God that is with us, and that is the Spirit. And I, you know, I just think that we need to be remembering that. We need to be celebrating that. We need to be embracing that. And that the Spirit is here. And that God is here in the midst of us in our souls itself. And that we can praise the, the Holy Spirit too. And so as we take a look at what Jesus was saying at the Feast of Tabernacles, we can also then just lift the Lord up and lift God that's in our lives up and so that he might be glorified. And so that's where I'm going to be taking this sermon from. Now, this is the the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles is an incredibly important feast in the Israelite culture. What they used to do is they all used to go into Jerusalem and they used to build themselves little tabernacles, which is like little sort of tents out of um, palm leaves and out of uh, bits of wood. And they start remembering about that they, they never had a fixed home. That, uh, you know, they were in Israel and then they were taken to Babylon and they wandered and, you know, sort of they remember the Egyptian uh, time that they were in Egyptian exile and that they had to come to the promised land. And they remembered that they never really had a fixed place to live. And so in the Feast of Tabernacles, they would celebrate that. That, you know, no matter where they were, God was with them. And so they would come and they would spend their times in this tabernacle and then go down to the temple. And then the last and the greatest day of the feast, they would go and walk around the city walls and they would remember what Joshua did uh, during the Old Testament. 
And it's in this point that Jesus turns around. Now, there's a lot of fasting. There's a lot of ritual. There's a lot of, um, you know, sort of coming to, to the real crux of, of who they were as a people. And it is in the midst of this that Jesus turns around and he says, Whoever is thirsty, come to me and you will receive living water. In the midst of all of this, this religious sort of um, festival where everyone was supposed to be looking to God, this man comes out and says, if you want living water, if you don't want to thirst anymore, come to me. You can imagine how outraged people could have been because they would have seen a man that, you know, sort of what, what right did he have? But we heard the stories about this man. We heard how he gave sight to the blind. We heard how he raised people from the dead. We heard how he changed water into wine. Uh, we, we heard about what happened when he was baptized. There's something about this man, and so we want to hear a little bit more. And so in the midst of this Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus comes out and says, if you want the spirit that is going to come, you've got to come through me. And you've got to be coming to me as God in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit that will flow through you and you will not have to worry about thirst. Now I can imagine after walking around Jerusalem seven times, you are thirsty. And so God says, if you want living water, if you want to be filled, if you don't want to thirst anymore, you come to me. Obviously, he wasn't meaning spiritually. He wasn't handing out free uh, samples of water. But spiritually, he was saying, come to me so that you might be filled, so that this flood of my spirit could be handed over into you. And the same invitation is made today. You know, we here as Christians, we need to be standing out. We need to be different to the world. But many times we aren't. We battle with the same things. We are Christians and we have the Spirit inside of us. The moment that we were, came into this world, God breathed His Spirit into us and we have the Holy Spirit. If you are saved or not, God's Spirit still works in you. And isn't that a joy that even if people don't realize it, they still have the Spirit inside of them? And so sometimes we hear in the church, we come to church and we, we know we have the Spirit, but yet we don't let it work through us. We don't let it uh, flow through us. We don't let it uh, change our lives. We're sort of happy just to have it where it is. And instead of using it to its maximum potential. And that's something that I really want to talk about this morning, is how do we unleash the Spirit into our lives? How do we let God deal with our impatience, our frustration, our weakness, our, our hopelessness, at the times that we feel just human, that we feel that, where is God? You know, we've all come to those situations and go, but we've got the Spirit inside of us and we should be changed, but I can't feel any change in my life. And I want to look at a couple of ways that we can just let the Spirit flow through us and deal with things like impatience and, and you know, really strengthen us and, and guide us and, and counsel us and convict us of where we're going wrong. And when we get to those big decisions that require a decision, we can really just know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us through, uh, you know, I think often I go, when I get to a really big decision, I've got to trust my gut. I realize that the closer that I am to God, the closer that I am to His Spirit, the, the more I can trust my gut because it's the Holy Spirit speaking, not me. And so I find that's, that's where the Holy Spirit starts to take over. And He flows through our lives and He empowers us and He really deals with all of those shortcomings that we have as humans. We are co-creators with God. And so we need to claim that. And that's through the Spirit that God has given us. 
And so I want to look at three things that we can do in order to let the Spirit flow. The first thing is ask. You know, very seldom do we actually ask. We go, well, the Spirit is inside of us. The Spirit should be strengthening us. It should be inspiring us to to, do amazing things through the name of God. I mean, Jesus said that greater things you will do in my name than you have seen me do. Wow! He raised the dead. He gave sight to the blind. He he, um, healed the paralyzed. Greater things we will do in his name than what we've seen in the scriptures. It's all through the spirit that we can do that. But the first thing that we have to do is ask. And how often do we come to God and ask for his spirit to be unleashed? Very seldom. When we come to God in prayer and we say, Lord, just let your spirit flow. Just let your spirit come through well inside of me and just spring through every single pore of my life, every single aspect of my life, so that, Lord, you might be glorified and that I can do the things that you have created me to do. If we just come to God and ask, he will give those good gifts because we are his children and he is our good father. And so let God do that. But just come and ask and ask sincerely. Think about it before you come and ask. I think sometimes we sort of you know, have to do a prayer during church service and we just go through it. But come to church expecting God to be unleashing the Spirit through us. Ask God to, to really just let His Spirit pour through us. We saw two occasions in, in the book of Acts where the Holy Spirit came in incredible power. The first time was in the upper room, and the second time was in the upper room too. But the first time in the upper room, the disciples came together, and they said, you know what, you promised us this, this spirit that will be with us forever. You promised us this spirit that will empower us. You promised us this spirit that will allow us to do amazing things, that will just pour through us. And so we're going to come and we're going to claim that. And so when disciples came together and prayed, God unleashed his power. And the second time that it happened was also in a room where the disciples got together. They came together and they prayed and the Holy Spirit was unleashed and there was an earthquake. That's how powerful it was. And the thing is, I don't find people coming together to pray for the Holy Spirit to work. We have little pockets of prayer. But when have you got together with your brothers and sisters and said, you know what, we want the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We want it just to flow through us. And not through, you know, not always for, for uh, external things, but sometimes just to say, God, we want to know you. We want to experience you. We want you just to, to come and take our lives and turn it from something ordinary into something extraordinary. And so all we need to do is come and ask. Do it with your friends. Do it with yourself. Do it with whoever you can pull in. Just ask. And God will give. That's the way that he always has been. That's the way that he always will be. Just ask. So that's the first thing. Remember to ask. The second thing is sometimes we need to step out to where it scares us. This is something that I just don't find that we do often enough. You know what? We can do certain things because it's inside of our comfort zone. We can do certain things because we know how to do it. We have skills, we have experience, and we know how to do these things. And so we can rely on ourselves, and that's okay. But remember that we can only do so much, and the Spirit will not need to work because we won't need the Spirit because we can do it ourselves. 
So if you want the Spirit to be unleashed in your life, sometimes you've got to step out further where it is incredibly scary. Pretty much where Peter jumped out of the boat and said, well, you know what, I have no clue about how to walk on water, but I'm going to do it. Sometimes God tells us, get out of your comfort zone. Go into places where it scares the, the heck out of you, where you just aren't able to do it in your own strength. Because when you aren't able to do it in your own strength, what do we rely on? The Spirit. We rely on God because we can't do it by ourselves. And I, I think we should stretch ourselves every single day because the more that we stretch ourselves, the more we get out of our comfort zones, the more we do things that scare us, the more the Holy Spirit will lead us, the more the Holy Spirit will empower us, the more the Holy Spirit will just teach us about how he works and who he is. You know, do that. Sometimes then you can go back into your comfort zone and you can feel the Holy Spirit buzzing inside of you. But it requires you to step out first in order to just really feel the Holy Spirit taking over. When I first preached, I can tell you, the Holy Spirit had to do a lot of work. The Holy Spirit had to buzz inside of me because I was totally out of my comfort zone. What you, what you don't know about me is I still battle to be an extrovert. You might be going, what on earth? You, you're, you know how to speak to us. I'm saying no. Throughout my whole teenage years, until I was at least 20, I could not speak in front of people. And so it took the Holy Spirit to say, Ryan, you've got to come in front of 300 people and you've got to preach the message. And I said, no, Lord, you, you know me. You designed me. I'm not able to do those kind of things. And he said, no, do it. And I will make up the, the steps that you don't know. I will make up the places where you feel uncomfortable. I will be there when you are fearing. I will be there where suddenly those nerves start to take over and the adrenaline starts to pump. I will be there. And so stretch yourselves every single day. If God has put a dream on your heart, if he has given you a vision, go out and do it. Because if it's not in your own strength, it's in the strength that is far greater than yours. And that is the Holy Spirit. So the first thing is ask for the Holy Spirit. The second thing is sometimes you just get out there, you jump off the boat and you say, Holy Spirit, you take the rest. Because God's power is in those moments where we are totally, totally out of our depth. So think about those two things. The last thing is sometimes for the Holy Spirit to flow, we need to open up every sphere of our lives. This is the one where we battle with. Because we're quite happy to let God take over Sunday mornings. We're quite happy to let the Holy Spirit take over during praise and worship. But everything else, ugh, you know what, I'm okay with that. I can deal with that. Every single morning, go through your life as though it's a house. You know, let the Spirit flood every single section of your life. For the Spirit to flow, it can't be blocked at any point. Some people are prepared to let the Holy Spirit go into their hallway, into their appearances. We can act like Christians. We can say, oh, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And we can put on those kind of masks for our whole lives. And we can let people think that the Holy Spirit goes that far. And you know what? He will only go through your hallway. Let God into your bedroom, into your relationships with your spouse, into your relationships with your closest friends, into your relationships with those who, who know you best. Let God into your secret places, into the places where all of you, those, those skeletons that you keep, all of those dark secrets that you don't want anyone to ever know about, let the Spirit into those kind of places. Let the Spirit into your vault. 
Um, often the last place for people to be converted is in their finances. I'm not here to guilt anyone. I'm just here to say that the Spirit will even work in your finances. If you are tired of always sort of, you know, just getting through day to day and, and that, you know what? This, when the Spirit takes over, you don't worry about that because the Spirit is in charge. Where you fear, God takes over and His Spirit will make the steps in between. And so God takes over every single sphere of our lives. And when he does that, then his power is unleashed. Sometimes we let God into our lives, but a bit at a time. And then we go, but where are you, God? Where is your spirit moving? I don't understand it because I don't feel you. Well, look into your lives. Look at what areas you're not letting him. When you go out to, to, to a party, do you let God's spirit flow through you? If you go out to a work function where you need to be tough, do you let God's spirit work through you? And if you say, I've never experienced that, I, I don't even know how to do it, go back to rule number one, ask. Before every kind of big uh, meeting that you're going to have, ask God's spirit to flow through you, to give you wisdom, to give you guidance in those hard decisions, in your career, in your work life, in your home life, in your family life, in every single sphere of your life, let God's spirit take over. And so when he goes through every single channel of your life, every single sphere of your life, every single part of you, then he floods through and then you are open to the Holy Spirit. Don't let ourselves block God, because we do that so well. And so if you want God to work, come before him as you are, with all your strengths, with all your weaknesses, and say, God, here I am, use me. And so that's how we glorify God today. Jesus will not be coming down the middle of this church, unless I've got the day wrong. But you know what, he might. But I do know that the Spirit is here. And so in that way, we glorify God by letting his spirit work through us. And so let God's spirit empower you. Ask for more of God's spirit to work through you. Step into those places where you know that you, you are just so fearful because God will work through you in power and in strength and in truth. And then the last thing is let God just work through every single part of you. Every morning, wake up and say, God, here I am. These are the places I don't want to hand over to you. But today I will because I know that your spirit will work and it will work in power and it will counsel me and it will grow me. And I know, Lord, that it will send me into the places where your spirit wants me to go. And so that is where we will be empowered. That is where we will gain strength. That is where God will be glorified when we let God's spirit take us over fully and flood through us. And it is then that God is truly glorified today. Let us pray. Lord, today is a day where we come before you and we say we proclaim you as king. We give you the crown. We lift you up. We wave things at you. And to say that you are so amazing and so divine and so majestic and so loved and so filled with grace. And so, Lord, through the spirit, we know that. And Lord, just bring us more of that spirit so that we can be in touch with you, so that we can grow more like you, so that we can be more like Christ, so that we can do incredible things in your name. Not so that we might be glorified, but that you are. Lord, where we struggle with frustration and impatience, where we struggle with our weakness, where, Lord, there are times that we feel that your blessing just flows. I pray, Lord, that in each and every one of us, we will be convicted of where that is. And Lord, may we be just so aware of it and may we rip it out 
May we come to the cross and lay it down there so that your spirit might move and it might move in power. We ask for more of your spirit. Just flood down on us, rain down on us so that we will never be the same. Lord, send us into the places where we are scared. Send us into those places where we cannot rely on our own strength, but that your strength will pull through. And then, Lord, we just pray that you will flood through us every single pore, every single part of our lives, so that, Lord, people might look at us and go, there is strength that is coming from their God. Lord, I pray that today we will glorify you in everything that we do, and so that once again we might celebrate Palm Sunday, where people will shout, Save us, Hosanna, the King who comes, the Prince of Peace, the Lamb of God. Amen.